Chapter 9 of The Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeff Blanchard. The Homesteader by Oscar Mageau. Epoch the Second. Orlean receives a letter and advice. Jean called Orlean three months later as she came out of the house the house where stuarts had lived and which jean baptiste had rented for the season so as to be near all his land in the older open county i have something to tell you what is it dear he replied drawing his horses to a stop while she climbed on to the step of the spring wagon he was riding in he could see she was excited and he was apprehensive she got up on to the seat beside him and placed her arms around him began to cry he petted her a moment and then placing his hand under her chin raised her head and said well now my dear what is the matter whereupon he kissed her drawing his head down then she whispered something in his ear oh he cried his face suddenly aglow with an expression she had never seen in it before the next instant he caught and drew her closely to him and kissed her fondly i am so happy dear the happiest i have been since we married but jean she started and then hesitated he appeared to understand now my wife you must not feel that way he admonished that is the ultimate of young married life children of course he added slowly couples are not always ready they feel but such does not wait we are not always ready to die but old death comes when he gets ready and there's no use trying to argue a delay so now instead of looking distressed just fancy what a great thing a beautiful and heavenly thing after all it is and be real nice he kissed her again and assisted her from the buggy and while he drove to his work she went into the house and picked up a letter it was from ethel and ran my dear sister i am writing you to say that i am very unhappy you cannot imagine how disagreeable how very inconvenient it is to be as i am never did i want a child or children but that silly man i'm married to is so crazy for a family that he has given me no peace as a result i must sit around the house during these beautiful summer days and be satisfied to look out of the window and go nowhere oh it is distressing and i am so mad at times i can seem not to see can you sense it him so anxious for a family when what he earns is hardly sufficient to keep us in comfort and maintain the payments on the home i have tried to reason with him on the score but it is no use at all so while i sit around so angry i cannot see straight he dances around gleefully wondering whether it will be a girl or a boy now i thought i would write you in time so that you could protect yourself i am therefore sending you certain receipts which have been given to me but too late they will not be again though trust me to attend to that don't wait too long and use them as per direction do it and run no chance of getting to be as i am i hope you are well and write me any time anything happens 
and if these don't work, then tell me right quick, and I will send you something that is sure. I depend on you taking care of yourself now, and don't let anybody put foolishness into your head. Hoping to hear from you soon, and that you are safe as yet, believe me to be, as ever, your sister, Ethel. When she had completed the letter, she was thoughtful as her eyes wandered out to where her husband worked away in the field beyond. She tried to see a few months ahead. It was then midsummer, and Ethel and her father and all the girls were writing her already that they supposed they might as well not expect her until Christmas. But John had intimated already that he did not expect to go to Chicago Christmas. Still, that was several months away, and the dry weather of which he was complaining at the present might be offset by rain soon. So she might get to see old Chicago Christmas after all. But she would be unable to go out if she did not go to the city Christmas with what she knew now. She pondered, and while she did so, she read through certain receipts her sister had sent her. One was very simple, and she was tempted. It stated that the blossom of a certain weed was positive when made into a tea. She was thoughtful a moment, and her eyes wandered again toward where her husband worked in the field. Finally they fell upon the creek that ran near the house, and she gave a start as she saw growing upon its banks a peculiar weed with purple blossom. She wondered what kind of weeds they were. She made a mental note of the same, and decided that when her husband came to luncheon, she would ask him. She sighed then as she thought of the months to come, and what was to come with it. Presently, having nothing else urgent to do, she picked up paper, pen, ink, and replied to Ethel's letter. My dear sister, receipt of your recent letter is here acknowledged, and in reply will say that I have read the same carefully, and made a note of what you said. I hardly know how to reply to what you set forth in your letter, and I am not fully decided, but I might as well admit that I have just discovered that I also am to become a mother, and John, like Glavis, is tickled to death. I just told him this morning, and he said it was the happiest moment he had experienced since we have been married. I am entirely at a loss what to do, but I will consult him regarding it. I don't think I ought to do as you advise, not let him know anything, because that would hardly be fair. He is just as good to me as he can be, and considers my every need. Sometimes I do not think he loves me as much as I would wish. But what can I do? He is my husband and gives me all his attention. I am, therefore, afraid that he will object to the measures you suggest. I am very much afraid he will, but I will ask him. He's a perfect dear, so jolly, so popular everywhere about, and, I repeat, so good to me that I hardly think my conscience would be clear if I do something in secret, and something that he would not like. In the meantime, thanking you for your suggestions, and begging you not to act foolish, I am your affectionate sister, Orlean. Jean-Baptiste drove into the yard at noon, singing cheerfully. He was met by his wife at the gate, which she opened. The wind was blowing from the south, 
and the air was very hot. It had been blowing from that direction for days. He stopped singing while he unhitched the horses and gazed anxiously toward the northwest. What is it, dear? she inquired, observing the old frown upon his face. He shook his head before replying, and tried to smile. This wind? The wind? Yes, it's terribly hot. It's awfully drying. The oats are suffering. The wheat is hurt. I wish it would rain, and rain soon. Whereat he shook his head again, and his frown grew deeper. He led the horses to the well to drink, and while they were drinking, she stood near, holding her hands and looking at the patch of strange weeds that were in blossom near. Presently she observed him, and seeing that his mind was concerned with problems, she would satisfy her mind. John, she called. Yes, he replied abstractedly. What kind of weeds are those? And she pointed to the wild blossoms. Those, he said, his mind struggled between what he was thinking about and the question. Oh, those are evil weeds, he concluded, and turning, led his horses into the barn. Evil weeds, she echoed. Slowly she turned and looked again. She was strangely frightened. Then taking courage, she went playfully to where they grew, and gathered a bunch in a sort of bouquet, carried them into the house, laid them down, and began to place the meal upon the table. Why, Orlaine, she heard, and turned to meet her husband. What are you doing with those old things in here, my dear? You could find something better for the table than these things. Just outside the fence, in the road, roses are blooming everywhere, and the air is charged with their sweet fragrance. He paused briefly and held them to his nose. And, besides, they stink. Boo! He cried, holding them away. They make me sick. Now, if you'll agree, I'll throw these things away and run out into the road and get you a big bunch of roses. Will that be all right, dear? Yes, she answered. And he did not understand why her eyes were downcast. Good, he exclaimed and she was glad to see that the frown upon his face was gone, if only for a while. I'll bring you some nice flowers. You know, he paused in the doorway and turned to her. I never liked this weed. Anyhow, I have always connected them with all that's vile and evil. So saying, he turned, and a few minutes later she heard his voice coming cheerfully from the road, where he picked the various shades of roses. Now, my dear, said he pleasantly i have brought you a real bouquet and he placed the vase containing the same in the centre of the table stood back and regarded the flowers admiringly why he suddenly exclaimed his eyes widened what is the matter oh nothing she stammered more than spoke now there must be something while standing where he was he caught sight of ethel's letter immediately she reached forth to snatch it from beneath his gaze he made no effort to take it but regarded her in the meantime wonderingly the receipt concerning the weed lay in plain sight and he could hardly help reading it she caught it up then while he still looked after her wonderingly he raised his hand to his head and was thoughtful before saying why were you so disturbed over me seeing the letter orlean you have never been so before. 
of course he said and hesitated and then went on patiently i have no wish to pry into women's affairs or secrets but i am curious to know why you acted as you did she was an emotional girl never in her life had she violated the rules of her parents and she had never thought of disobeying or keeping secrets from her husband when she was confronted with the situation she broke down thereupon and crying on his breast told him all the letter contained and what the receipt meant he listened patiently and when she was through he hesitated before speaking after a moment he led her to the table sat down and fell to eating the luncheon when we have dined he paused after a few minutes to remark and you have washed the dishes we will spare a few minutes for a talk orlean now he resumed at the appointed time when we married orlean it was my hope and i feel sure twas yours that we would live happily of course jean she agreed tremulously then dear there are certain things we should come to an understanding thereto lest we find our lives at variance to begin with i wish your sister would not write you such letters as the one you received to-day but if she must an offer yes criminal advice i trust you would not incline towards such seriously you and i as well as those who have gone before us and as those who must perforce come after us did not come into this world altogether by ours or others providence and if the world and the people in the world are grown wicked as yet thank god race suicide has not come to rule he was meditatively silent then for a time gazing as if into space off across the sun-kissed fields first he resumed selfishness is a bad patient to nurse secondly we must appreciate that ours our lives have a duty to fulfil bringing children into the world and rearing them to clean and healthy man and womanhood is that duty our greatest duty and now with regards to that receipt or receipts i will not seek to deny that such practices are not in some measures a custom such very often are given thoughtlessly as to the infinite harm ill health and unhappiness they might later bring but the fact that others cultivate and heed such is no reason dear do you feel that we should no jean she admitted without hesitation and very humbly i feel more inspired to say this at this point in our new union orlene because i cannot believe that it is your nature to be wicked to wilfully practise and condone the wrong oh jean she cried moving toward him laying her hands upon him and seeking his eyes with her soul standing out in hairs you are so noble and so good and in the next minute she was weeping silently upon his shoulder the dry weather continued all over the west and for two weeks the wind remained in the south and blew almost day and night heretoforth it had been known to blow not more than a week at the most before the heat would be broken by a rain and coincident with the heat and drought the crops began to fire plants of all kinds to wither and every one in the country of our story became ominous but the creator seemed to be with the struggling people of the new country 
the drought was broken by rain before the crops were destroyed the harvest was very good and with the completion of the same orlean met her husband one evening with a letter announcing that her father was coming to visit soon and the next day they got another letter no a paper it was a summons and concerned orlean end of chapter nine epoch the second orlean receives a letter and advice